You guys, what is up? Welcome back to another episode of the Empowerment Project Podcast with me, Mikaelin. I'm so excited because I have a treat for you today. We are answering, by we, I mean me, I am myself and multiple other people. We, by we, I mean me, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, and God. So, you know, um, we are going to be answering your DMs. I am so excited about this podcast episode, you guys. It has been a minute since we have done one like these where I've let you guys, or like had you guys submit something for me to kind of share with you or, you know, just kind of it be more about like what you're going through. I guess more in specific. Uh, I always try to make it about you guys, but it's been a minute since we've done like a Q&A or an advice type of episode, so I am very excited. I was only able to pull 10 questions that I feel like we will be able to get through within our time together without me rambling on forever, Uh, but I am so, so excited. I pulled ones that I really thought uh, were ones that were either kind of more repetitive with uh, like throughout the things that people we're submitting and then a little bit more of like things that I knew would be relatable to the people that listen because I get to chat with you guys a lot and so um, I just feel like I know you guys and I feel like we're all kind of in in some way going through similar things or have similar questions and or could take the answer and then morph it or use it utilize it to um you know, speak life into our current situation. We can all kind of learn and take and share uh, with each other and learn from each other. So I'm really excited about everything that we're going to be talking about today. And I have the questions laid out in front of me. I am so happy that you guys decided to utilize this episode and submit questions. Um, It is really, I think it's super important for us to be able to come together and relate on things and share our hearts and share experiences and share testimonies and just knowing that uh, our, our, you know, testimonies are just kind of experiences, I guess. Um, And just know that you're not alone. Know that you're not the only person going through things and that everybody's life, no matter what it looks like on the internet, everyone's life is not like that. (laughs) So people are going through things, they're struggling with things, they're feeling lonely, they're feeling depressed, like they're feeling confused or hurt or, or whatever it is. Um, and I think it's always important for us to kind of remember that we're not alone whenever we're walking through those valleys and, um, you know, to always be remembering, remembering people in prayer and just in everyday life and, and continuing to extend grace no matter what, um, because we never know what other people are going through or what they're struggling with or what they're contemplating. So, I'm super excited for us to dive into these questions, so I'm going to go ahead and just jump right into it. So the first one that I pulled, um, I felt like was kind of a good one to kind of get us started, get our feet wet. So it says, so I lost all of my friends when I came to Christ. They are just not on the same page. They stopped inviting me places, stopped reaching out or asking how I was. I feel so lonely, but I know the life of, but I know the type of life I'll have to live to be friends with them again. And I'd be walking away from Jesus. How do I quit feeling? so lonely. So first of all, I have completely been here. And although um, my situation was a little bit different with, you know, either not being invited or being invited, uh, 
I still lost friends. And I remember when I was sitting with uh, my friend, whenever I came to know Jesus and I got saved and I kind of was starting this journey. And I remember her saying one of the first things she said was you're going to lose friends. Like that is the first thing. And I'm really glad that she kind of came out the gate and said it because I think that that's not something we think about whenever we come to know Jesus, because we think, you know, whenever we're accepting Jesus, we're expecting our life to get a little bit easier. We're expecting our life to go smoother uh, and to be, you know, not more difficult. And in a sense, it's not, but there are things that you're going to have to give up on the way. And one of those things was uh, the things that I did with my friends. And it was very difficult for me. I felt very lonely, uh, just like you did. And it was a difficult time. But I think during that time, I really, really learned um, about independence on the Lord, like just being completely dependent or not not independence, being completely dependent on the Lord. And because really at that time, like he was all that I had because I knew that I was not going to be able to live the life that I had. And I tried to do it. I tried because I kind of went back and forth a little bit. And I'm super proud of you for knowing that living that way is going to cost you. I think that that is like the first thing is being aware enough to know that like, okay, I can't walk back into that life. I know the life that I'm going to have to live if I want to be friends with them. And that is not something that I'm willing to compromise on. And honestly, the fact that they are kind of dropping you after this, I would say is a huge sign anyways. You know, if it's not you leaving them for, or you, you know, them leaving you for Jesus, it's going to be them leaving you for something else that you disagree with them on. Um, If they're not, encouraging you forward in something that that is good for you that is fruitful and that is healthy and so I would say that that you know even though this is painful it really is such a such a blessing and I would say that embrace the loneliness right now and I know that's painful and that's not a fun thing to hear at all but try to embrace the loneliness and allow God to be that your the thing that your soul depends on because he's gonna have to be that for the rest of your life you're gonna walk through seasons like this you know, here and there for the rest of your life and going ahead and utilizing that muscle kind of straight out the gate is something that taught me so much. And I knew from that point on that, like, I wasn't going to, um, that I wasn't going to go back into that life. And I might've like went back and like, I've been tempted by things or teetered and into different areas and whatever, but it was always like, God was always pulling me back out of that. And so he was so gracious with me as he kind of led me out of that life. It was always like a tug on my heart that I knew that this wasn't the life that I was supposed to be living. So I think it's wonderful that you are already so aware of that. And I would say, you know, for you just, you know, how do you quit feeling so lonely? I would say, try to embrace that and, and then utilize that, take all of that energy that you feel into being lonely and focus it back on God and say, God, I'm not going to focus on this feeling of loneliness. I'm going to allow you to come in and fill this because you are my best friend. You are my comforter. You are my peace. Like you are the person I want to spend all my time with. And I mean, I really, you will be fulfilled in a way that you can't be fulfilled if you go out with these friends and do the things that you were doing prior to. So that is my advice for that. Um, not, I guess, I guess not super practical, but really just lean into the Lord and allow him to be your everything in this season, because that is going to be such a fruitful season in your life. Um, okay. Uh, someone said, I've always struggled with anxiety and depression. And now that I'm a Christian, I don't know how to deal with it. Am I just supposed to pray? Is it okay to take medication for depression? Absolutely. I absolutely do. I think that, um, 
I mean, mental health has really gotten a bad or like or Christianity and the relationship between Christianity and mental health has really I don't know where the lines got crossed, um, but the more that I learn about it or because because I've 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 had those thoughts too, those questions, too. And it's like, well, if God's supposed to be my everything, if Jesus is supposed to take away the pain, like or if there's supposed to be all this stuff that's done, I'm supposed to be completely like we're still human and we still struggle with things. There's still sickness. There is still just like there's physical sickness. There's mental sickness, just like there's, you know, I mean, like it's it's one and the same and it's our bodies and it's it's a lot of it's chemical. Um, of course, I'm not like the person to sit and speak on this. Uh, I'm not knowledgeable in, you know, you know, psych medicine or anything like that. But I would say just being a human, um, I think it's absolutely okay to take medication for a diagnosis like depression or anxiety, just as it's okay to take medication for any other sort of physical diagnosis. And um, I I think that we need to uh, really be more open-minded and and more compassionate towards this, this topic, you know, not just anxiety or depression, but other sorts of mental illness. And of course, pray, of course, lean into the Lord, of course, you know, seek him out and, and let that be your first step, of course. Um, but you know, if you need help beyond that, like go get help, like reach out to somebody, um, you know, call your local, um, counseling center, see if there's somebody that you can speak with, if you can get in touch with somebody and and talk with them. I have been on antidepressants. Um, I have been on medicine uh, for anxiety and depression, and I don't regret that at all. And it was something that I felt like um, you know, that I consulted with the Lord and that I felt okay doing. And so just from like one sister to another, like I don't think that um I don't think that there's anything wrong with it. And I think that you need to do what is healthy for you. And I've heard testimonies of so many people that, uh, didn't know, uh, or didn't have as much compassion for mental illness. They kind of had the mentality of like, oh, you know, just lean into the Lord or do this or whatever until they were hit with it and they didn't know how to get out with it, get out of it. And then they had the compassion of like, oh my gosh, like this is a real thing. And like people really struggle with this and, and we really need to take the steps to, to get the help that they need. And so I would say, I think that it is absolutely okay to do that. Um, I mean, yes, you know, keep the Lord at the center of it all. And if you think that there's a time that you don't need it or want to get offered or you want to try it or don't try it or whatever, I would say, honestly, just consult with the Lord. And I I would say if you are thinking of getting help, um, I, I would do your best to find a Christian counselor um, if that is important to you. It was definitely important to me and would be important to me to have somebody that has the same faith that I do so that I know, like, because that's such a huge part of who I am. So I would want to talk with somebody that can pour into me in that way as well. So, um, I'm not saying that you have to do that, but I would say that it, I think that it would be a good decision or a wise decision, um, because godly counsel is very important. And, um, you know, we need to be, uh, cautious about the advice that we take in and know that the person that is giving it, you know, has, um, a biblical mindset or has a godly mindset or has a godly conscious or moral. So, um, that's, what I would say, but I definitely think that it is okay to take medication like that. I'm sorry that you were struggling with that. Definitely pray, but also if you need help beyond that, um, get it. So someone said, I recently went through a devastating breakup and I'm really struggling. I feel like the hole in my chest is going to be there forever. How do I move on? (laughs) 
honestly, one foot in front of the other. I am so, this is so difficult. I've had heartbreak and I like so many other people um, have felt that and experienced it. And really it is so painful. And I think the more that I learn about it, I think we all kind of experience it in different ways or feel it in different ways or whatever. Um, and it's just like the rejection of it. I think, you know, we're such relational creatures and the sense of like loneliness or rejection or being outcast is something that is very traumatic for us. Um, I mean, we belong to try, like we are, origin is like tribes and so our natural instinct is like oh my gosh we're being rejected like I'm gonna die like I'm not gonna make it I can't survive on my own like I can't survive without this person or that or whatever and it's it really can be very very traumatic and um or painful you know when you share your life with somebody or such vulnerable things or intimate things or whatever it is it can be really really difficult so first and foremost I uh empathize with you painful as all get out um but there is light at the end of the tunnel. And I think something that was weird for me is like when I went through a breakup, I didn't even want to hear that. Like I was like, I, cause the pain of it was almost like, okay, it happened and it was real. And it was like, there was still this attachment between us. And, and I knew that like once the pain was gone, like then the relationship was over forever. And, um, I, so I was kind of like had this love hate relationship with the pain. Like I didn't want it to go away, but I did want to be relieved of it. But I would say that like just keeping one foot in front of the other and just moving forward and knowing that it's going to be messy, knowing that it's going to be painful, knowing that it's going to hurt like hell. It really is not great. It's not fun. It's for the birds. It sucks but you will find yourself on the other side of it eventually. And I think that like taking the proper steps that you need in order to protect your heart or guard your heart in this season is so important. A lot of people don't do that because they're, they're, they let their, um, their emotions make the decisions and they don't let their logic speak into it at all because, you know, we can break up with somebody or go through a breakup and it can be devastating or whatever, but we still like find reasons to text them or we still find things to say or we still find things around our house that we need to get back to them and we kind of prolong the process as long as possible um, or prolong the communication as long as possible. And it's like your heart is not able to heal whenever you do that. And so you have to be smart about protecting and guarding your heart, especially now because you're so wounded and vulnerable that you cannot afford to, or you shouldn't, you shouldn't afford, you know, you shouldn't let yourself have to go through that. Like you should care enough about yourself, love yourself more than, than you love this person because it obviously didn't work out and you can still respect them and um, care about them as a human, but put yourself first. And I think that that is what needs to happen after a breakup. So do what you need to do even if it's not what you want to do. So if you need to block them on, you know, whatever it is, even though you don't want to, if you know that you need to, because you can't stop looking at what they're liking or the, uh, whoever it is that they're, that they started following after they broke up with you or you guys broke up, you know, trying to keep tabs on them and we can become like quite obsessive with it. And that is not healing to our hearts at all. And it's actually really dangerous. And it's, it's not good either. If you're, um, wanting to, you know, I mean, if you're wanting to heal at all, it's not good to continuously keep them in your, in your pattern, in your thought pattern. Um, and so try to create new thought patterns. You know, if I, like what I need to do after something like that, like I have to block, I have to delete, I have to erase, I have to cleanse, I have to rearrange, like I have to, um, take those precautions. And that may not, they might, that may not be what you need to do, but whatever it is that you feel like, 
you need to do to protect your heart from going to that place that is so painful, do that. Um, you know, whether it's like deleting songs or, um, you know, rearranging your living space that they spent so much time in. Like if you need to make that new, um, in order to reflect something, uh, different or a different time or a different season. Like that was kind of like my, my go-to thing. Like when I was in high school, if I like broke up with some, or if, like me and somebody broke up, like I was re I had to rearrange my room because like if they spent any time in there, like it was just like everything was tainted. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like I just can't be in here without thinking of them or thinking about how they sat here or did this or whatever. And I would just redo my room. It was the first thing that I did. Uh, and so, I mean, like just, just try to like think like, whenever your heart starts to, whenever your heart bottoms out or you think of something, you're reminded of something like, what is it? Like what's going on? What happened? What were you thinking about? Um, what triggered it? And then try to see how you can create a new pattern. Uh, because it really is what it is. Like it's, we just spend, we just kind of have to get out of that area because, um, you know, it's like, there's a song that comes on the radio and automatically reminds you of them. And it's like, we're, there's eventually going to be new songs on the radio. Like you're going to move out of that season eventually, but do whatever it is that you need to do now to, um, to try to move on. And, and although it's painful, like you're going to get through it. And I would say kind of, like I said earlier, um, maybe not embracing the pain, but just taking the pain to the father and being like, I feel this and it sucks and it's painful. Um, but I know that I won't feel this forever and trying to keep like, just trying to hold on to God's promises and be thankful that that relationship ended because it ended for a reason. And if, if you, if it wasn't supposed to end or it wasn't supposed to happen this way, you know, God would have made sure that it didn't and that it didn't happen this way. So try to be thankful for the bullet dodged and be thankful that, um, you know, God saw what you didn't see, heard what you didn't hear. You know, he was able, he sees, you know, further down the line than you possibly could. You see such a small minuscule moment in your whole life and he can see all of it. So, um, you know, try to be thankful in this, in this moment, even though it's super painful and just be thankful that no matter what you go through, no matter what life throws at you, no matter what pain you feel like, like God is constant, like God doesn't change. And I would say another thing is like, try to focus on yourself and your emotions and get, and be attentive to yourself and, you know, start learning new things about yourself, start dating yourself, like start taking yourself to try different hobbies or do this or that. And like really try to focus attention on you and relearn yourself. Because whenever we're in a a relationship like that, sometimes we can lose ourselves and it hurts more when we've lost ourselves in that person, because now we don't know who we are. So if you don't know who you are, um, it's going to be harder to move on, but you're going to be able to explore many more things if you allow yourself that attention to get to know yourself again. Um, someone said, when you feel, when you feel something moving in your heart to take a big step of faith that you believe is from the Lord, how do you pursue that when your friends and family may be against it and don't support you or are discouraging about it? Yes, I feel this. Um, not that anyone's like necessarily discouraging, but I have felt a lot of times that like my ideas or what I feel like God is calling me to do is, you know, not significant to other people that if I share that with them, they kind of don't get it. Like they're like, I don't really get what you like. I don't really get it. Um, and the more that I've learned, I'm like, they're not supposed to get it. Like, of course they don't get it. Like God told me to do it. Like he didn't tell them to do it. And I think what I had to come to realize is that like, I held, I had to hold the Lord's word at a higher value than I held their opinions. And I think that's what I would say to you is like, even though you're not getting the support or 
or the encouragement or whatever it is that you feel like you need, do it anyway. If the Lord is calling you to do it, if the Lord is asking you to do it, that should trump what anyone else says or what anyone else thinks. Um, moving in the Lord in a big step that you believe is from Lord. How do you pursue it? Your okay. I would say, I mean, you don't, you don't necessarily need them to do it. Um, you don't need their approval to do it. You don't need their permission to do it. Like you need the Lord's and it sounds like you have that. So I would say to move forward and of course be gracious about it. If they have questions, answer. Um, but I think that knowing that they're not going to understand it, if we wait for everyone's permission or approval before we do everything in our lives, like we're not going to get very far because people don't think the same way that they, that we think, um, they don't understand things the way that we understand them. And just in the same way, you know, there's people around you that are doing things that, that you don't understand or that don't make sense to you or don't seem like worth the time. And I have absolutely been there. And I would say that the payoff is 100% worth it. Um, and I, I mean, like w- without a doubt, I would say it is absolutely worth it. And and the Lord being able to trust you with that is so special, you know, despite what people are saying or if they're trying, if you're, you know, if they're trying to hold you back or trying to get you not to do it or whatever, um, the Lord is entrusting this in you. And that is so special. And not that we need to prove ourselves to the Lord, but being good stewards of what he's given us. And even if it is small, um, you know, is so, is so awesome because and he's going to know that he can trust us with bigger assignments as well. So uh, I would say go ahead and move forward. Go ahead and pursue it. Um, seek out godly counsel that is kind of in the same like line as you. Like if, if there's something that you're kind of looking into or thinking about or whatever, like try to find somebody like someone um, in that area that is also a believer that can kind of speak into you and that can be your mentor in that. And then from there on out, I wouldn't expect anybody else to understand because it's between you and the Lord and it's not between between you and them or you and them and the Lord is between you and the Lord. So I would say, go ahead and move forward, do what you need to do. Um, be gracious, but try not to depend too much on their opinions. Um, someone said, should Kristen, should Christians use dating at or dating sites? How do you know when it's time to start getting out there? I really want a husband, but I feel like I am unapproachable IRL. So no guy will take interest. And I was like, bro, that's so funny. Same (laughs) because I don't know what it is. I, I mean, like, not that, that, not that I'm not approachable. I don't really know what exactly you mean by that. Um, I just feel like I'm not out around people a lot. (laughs) So I am, I, I am okay with, I, I think it's fine to use Christian dating apps. I have been on them. I've made a lot of really great friends on them. None of them have really turned into anything, but oh my gosh, I've made amazing friends on there. And so I think it's fine. And honestly, it's like, it's, it's a tool. It's just another tool. And I think that if you aren't abusing it and you are being cautious of what you're sharing, what you're doing, what it leads to, then I think that it's a great thing. Like if you are meeting other like-minded Christians, I don't see anything wrong with that at all, especially if they are on there with the intention, um, with the same intention that you are. I think that it's totally fine. I I don't know why it's frowned upon. Um, I kind of like, I guess at the beginning, I kind of, I didn't frown upon it, but I was kind of like, Eh, I don't know if that's like the right way to go. Uh, but honestly, the more that I talk to people about it or people who had like success stories on it, like God used it to introduce them. I'm like, oh my gosh, God, like that's so cool. And so I was like, well, I don't want to, you know, discredit or even like, you know, uh, what is it called? What's the word I'm looking for? Um, 
dismiss. I don't want to dismiss myself from something. And so I'm really glad that I've been on it. It's never turned into anything. I think that right now it's just not my time. The more that I speak of the Lord, I'm like, hmm. okay, it's just not my time right now. I'll meet him later. So um, I don't have any business being on it right now. But if I felt like I was supposed to be on it, then then I would be. So I said, go ahead and move forward. If you want to meet a husband and you aren't really around other Christians at the, at the moment in real life, then I say, go ahead and go for it. Um, someone said as a new Christian, how do I talk about or talk? How do I talk to God and pray out loud without feeling awkward and unqualified? Oh my gosh, this is so real. Um, I remember when I first like started praying out loud, like in person, I still, I mean like I'm, I'm fine with praying out loud now, but oh my gosh, it took me forever to warm up to it, especially in front of people. And then it took me a while to even warm up to it, like just in my bedroom or whatever. Because I think that there is something special about like talking, you know, using your voice to to speak with God. I think that that is really, really good. And a lot of people can kind of sometimes just opt out for like, you know, just praying in their heart or praying their, in their mind. And I think that's great too. But at the same time, I think that we need to be using our voices to, to speak to the Lord. So I would encourage that if you aren't, um, and it, you may be feeling this as well. You may be not doing that because you feel awkward. I think what helped me, um, honestly, the more that you do it, the easier that it gets, obviously, uh, and the less awkward it is. I think just fighting through the awkwardness is kind of the the big thing. And like, I would say quit making it about you. And I don't mean that so mean, like it came out. I didn't mean it. <laughs> Like it came out, but like when we're getting alone with the Lord, like it shouldn't be about us and we shouldn't be thinking about us or critiquing ourselves. Like it should just be about like what's on our heart, what we're sharing, talking to God, like we're talking to a friend and he already knows what's on your heart and he already knows the word that you're going to mess up before you even mess it up. And he's not judging you. He's so excited that you're there. Like think about this just came to me, but like think about whenever a kid, like a, 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 like your niece or nephew or child or whatever is learning to speak and they say things incorrectly and it's the most adorable thing that you've ever heard. Like they mispronounce things. They say things backwards. Um, like something that my nephew used to say all the time. And it, I knew, I, I mean, like it was one of those things I knew he was going to grow out of. And it was just so sad uh, thinking about that. I, that he wasn't going to say it forever, but when he would mean to say like, that's why he would say that's because, and it was just so funny. And so he didn't mispronounce anything, but he didn't say it correctly. And just seeing his heart and just loving him, like it was so precious to me and, uh, or just anything that they would say, but that was one of my very favorites. They're hilarious. But, uh, that, you know, like God sees us in the same way that like we see, you know, children that we love. And so it's like, if he was embarrassed for saying, Saying something like that, like I mean, like that would break my heart. Like I'd be like, oh my gosh, no! Like you're learning. That's okay. Like I love that you even wanted to come talk to me. I love that you even want to come sit on my lap and and cuddle me or whatever. And God is the same way with us. I really feel like uh, he just has compassion and love and um, he gets excited that you even want to spend time with him. So I would say quit being, you know, self-critical, quit, um, you know, making it about yourself and just go and speak to the father. Like he has so much compassion and so much love for you and he wants to hear from you. He wants to hear your voice and he wants to speak with you and be alone with you. And uh, so don't let something so minuscule um, get in the way of that, especially not an insecurity. I feel like that's so silly to to sacrifice our relationship with the Lord at the altar of our insecurities. So I would say push through. I say, I think something more practical 
would be um, turning on worship music and maybe singing along with that and then kind of moving into just speaking with him or, you know, kind of muttering something under your breath or, you know, moving into just kind of like talking out loud. I know it's awkward, um, but I would say just push through it because it's so worth it. Um, someone said, how do I discern God's voice clearly? Like, how do I know if something is my idea or if it's God's? I know there won't, um, always be a clear cut answer, but sometimes when I'm trying to make a a decision, uh, or a choice, like what job to take or who to hang out with or how to help someone, I don't know exactly what God wants me to do in that situation. Um, first of all, I commend you for talking with him about the decision. A lot of people, I feel like, uh, when I talk with people, they'll make the decision and then consult God afterwards. And it's like, mm, probably did that backwards. You know, maybe we should talk to God about it before we do it. <laughs> I used to do that. Like I would like do something and I'd be like, okay, God, like, was that right or was that wrong? And he's like, who wish you would have asked me that before, you know, like we could have discussed it. Uh, but I think more, the more that you hear from him, the more that you talk with him, you'll be able to discern his voice. I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast before, but like think of somebody that you know really well. If you were in like a crowded room and there were a bunch of people talking, uh, but that person called your name, you would know exactly who it was. Like with masks, like I'll be in a room of a bunch of people and I will hear a voice and I'm like, I know that voice. I know that person. And it might take a second for me to come to, but I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so-and-so. And so I'll be able to turn around and through the mask or through the sunglasses or through the, the, uh, a hat. I wouldn't have otherwise otherwise recognized them. I'm like, I know your voice and I know that you're so-and-so, you know? And so thinking about it in that way, like the more familiar that you get with him, the easier it will be to discern his voice amongst the others. And I think it's, um, you know, when it comes to like, you know, is it your idea or, you know, was it God's or, or what was it? Where'd that come from? I think testing the voice and asking, asking the intentions behind the voice or what the intention of the idea was. And if it's to bring God glory, if it is to um, call you to step out into faith, then I would say it is more than likely from the father. And if it is loving, um, it is more than likely from the father. Um, I, if it's like condemning or harmful or critical or shameful or plants fear in you, I would say that it is not from God. Uh, so I would just start testing it, like doing a little pros and cons sort of list because we hear three voices in our head um, typically, or, you know, it's either God, our flesh or the enemy and, or, you know, the either one, two or three. And so kind of taking that idea or that thought or that question is like, and like asking ourselves like, okay, am I going to use this to glorify God or where did this come from? Or am I smart enough to think of this on my own? Normally that's not the case. Like that's not the case. Like if I think of something, I'm like, oh, okay, God, thank you for sharing that with me because I'm not smart enough to come up with that on my own. So try to discern, discern between the three, um, you know, cause if it's self-centered, it's probably from you or, or if it's self-seeking, it's probably from you. If it plants fear, if it's condemning, or shameful, it's probably from the enemy. And if it's loving, encouraging, brings glory to God and calls you forward in your faith, it's probably from God. And even if, you know, your flesh kind of pushes you to do something that's going to bring God glory or something like that, like he can still use that. <laughs> so um, I would say if you get those kind of mixed up, it's not, you know, don't, don't get caught up in that. I would say just try to focus on the intention behind the idea rather than, or not rather than, but you know, if you're kind of stuck in a pickle, it's like, you know, just make the, make the decision that's more, that's more godly. Um, 
Someone said, my friend is in a relationship with a not so great guy. I've tried to talk to her about it, but the conversation never goes well. I'm afraid he's going to break her heart and ruin her life and there's nothing I can do. How do I speak truth to her and give advice without coming off judgmental and hurting our relationship? Um, I have been here so many times and I feel like I, I have watched, you know, and you don't want to be like, it's easy to use discernment. And so when I say like, I'm discerning something, like it's not me being judgmental because even if I see that something may be wrong, I'm not judging, I'm not being judgy. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like discerning, like, hmm, this something kind of feels off about this. I'm not necessarily sure, but I'm not going to condemn the, not condemn, you know, the situation or whatever. I'm just going to kind of be precautious cautious or like cautious and moving forward, you know? So there's been a lot of relationships that my friends have been in, um, that I'm like, Ooh, this does not feel right, but here's the thing. And so I have had a lot of experience with this, with a lot of people. And I feel like strangely, somehow some weird way dealing with this is one of my best gifts. Like when it comes to like a difficult partner and one of my friends this is really something that I'm that I'm very good at and just kind of dealing with the the relationship so here's the advice that I always give is that one of course we need to pray for her that it needs to be the very first thing on your list um you need to pray for her pray for her heart pray for her ability to hear from the Lord um and then I would say you have to let her make her own mistakes. Like we may see that something is going on or be confused or concerned or whatever. I mean, if there is a serious issue going on, then yeah, intervene. But if there's not, if she's not in, you know, direct line of harm, like physical threat, then we need to, we need to bring it back and let her make her own decisions. And I know that that is hard to hear because whenever we love somebody, we want to protect them. But here's the thing is that God loves them even more than you do. And if they are somebody that is trying to uh, live their life for the Lord or has a relationship with the Lord as a Christian or, um, you know, whatever, like the Lord is going to work on them, work through them and work with them on this. And it's not our job. It's not our job to insert ourselves and to condemn them, you know, keep them from being together or take matters into our own hands. Like, Uh, we need to pray for them. We need to walk alongside them because chances are he may break her heart. Chances are he may ruin her life. Chances are that will happen. And a lot of times it does happen, but we need to be the person that she can go to after all of that happens, after she learns, you know, whatever it is that she, that she ends up learning or whatever it is that she walks through. The thing is, is if you compromise your relationship with her, you have closed that door in her life and then you have no way to speak life into her or into her situation. So by being non-judgmental, by just speaking life and loving her, asking her difficult questions, but not making her feel like you are an enemy to the relationship or a threat to the relationship. That is the biggest one. You have to be an ally of hers, not a threat to um, the relationship that she is in. So, and I know that that may kind of sound confusing. I hope I can articulate this point correctly, but walking with her and being somebody that's like, I am going 
to encourage you and pray for you and love you through this. Like I'm going to be with you every step of the way. Um, and because if you make yourself an enemy to the situation or if you make yourself a threat to the, to her partner, then they are going to find a way to get you out of their, of that, of your friend's life. And that friend is going to feel like she can't trust you because she right now she's super invested in this relationship and in this person. And if you become an enemy or a threat to that, she is going to put a wall up with you. And then bam, you have no way to speak into the situation or to speak life into the situation or to love her through what she's going through. There may be something that, you know, comes up here and there and it, it is just our job to love. Like we just have to be there to love. You have to be a safe space for her to go to, not a, stressful place for her to go to so even though you may see something that you don't like it is the simple act of wrapping your arms around here I'm here with you like I'm with you like no you don't deserve that of course you don't deserve that or whatever it is is going to happen that or has happened or will happen or did happen or can happen whatever you have to be the safe space that she can go to and the only way that you can do that is by being loving to her and knowing like making sure that she knows that you're not going to go anywhere no matter what if you throw your hands up at the situation you're like forget it. I don't care. You go be with him and do that. You're throwing her to, to the exact thing that you're trying to save her from. And you think that that, and a lot of times like we can think that that will make them be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose this person. So now I'm going to drop this guy and go back and, or, you know, we try to like make it this reverse type of role. And that usually never works out. They aren't like, oh yeah, great call. Uh, I'm going to, you know, you're mad at me. So now I'm going to break up with them and be friends with you. That always, that never works. So it always pushes them into the arms of the person that may be bad for them. And of course, this is all speculation. You know, if we think like, okay, they may be bad for them. They may not. I don't know. But I'm getting the feeling that they're not going to be good. Um, you know, we need to then, that is when you need to be in her corner more than ever and be somewhere that she can go whenever things do start to fall apart. Because if no one else is going to help her through the situation or she can't um, get herself through the situation, like she need, like you, you need to be the person to be there. Um, so I would say like just loving her through it, asking her questions asking her difficult questions, but asking, you know, doing it in a loving way and a non-judgmental way and just be like, you know, I'm, I'm going to love you through this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be here no matter what. So, you know, feel free to come and chat with me. Like you need to be part of, you need to be a contributor and an ally to her and not a threat to, um, something that she's obviously caring a lot about. So I know I kind of said that a bunch of different ways, but I just really think it's important to stay in her life and to not be forceful, to not make her feel like you're a threat, to make her feel like you are somebody that is safe no matter what that she can share with. Because then if you, if you're gone and all she has is this person, she's going to cling to them. She's going to cling to them, you know, wholeheartedly and she's going to walk through all this by herself. So if you care about her, if you love her, keep her close, stay close to her, love her along the way and let the Lord lead her out of it if that is his will for to happen. Like if, if his will is for her to not be in this relationship, like you think it's not, I mean, maybe it might be, you might just, I don't know, maybe read it wrong or something. And I think being able to know that like, okay, maybe I have read this wrong and, and giving yourself grace too. Um, and also you don't want to be the person that's like, no, 
you know, don't be with him or whatever. And then things don't turn out the way that you, you know, thought they would. So, and then you kind of have to eat your words. Things are weird. It's awkward. You can't be in the wedding. I'm just kidding. Um, but just try to, try to be loving and pray for her, lead her to the Lord. Um, just continue to take her back there. When things kind of start to fall apart, just ask her questions. Don't be like, you have to break up with him. You need to leave him. You need to do this. Like let her draw that conclusion on her own. Otherwise she's going to resent you for the fallout in the relationship. Okay. Last one. Um, someone said I'm in my mid twenties and have no sense of direction or calling. I don't know what to do. Please help. Um, yes, this is serious because not, it's not, not critical. I'm just saying serious in the fact of like so many people are here and a sense, even I am here, like, I don't know what my next step is. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, there's so many things that I'm still waiting for the Lord to reveal to me. And I think what I would ask, if you have no sense of direction or calling and you don't know what to do, I would say, like, I... I think that it's important to take the time to get to know yourself, get to know your passions. Like, what are you passionate about? Like, ask yourself difficult questions. Um, you know, what gets you excited? What is your heart? Like, what makes your heart burn with passion? Like, is there something that makes you feel like that? If not, find it. Like, God did not put you on the earth passionless. Like, there is something that you're passionate about. You may have just not found it yet. And I think that you're in a perfect, you're in a really great position to to move forward and you kind of have like the the world you know you you have all of these opportunities you know you're not stuck in one situation stuck in one direction or calling or whatever like you're just like I don't know what it is I have no sense of direction like I have no sense of calling I I don't know then it's like okay almost everything is fair game at this point you know so it's like go ahead and, and dip your toe in things try different things get to know yourself learn yourself spend more time with the Lord I think too if you have no sense or direction or of your calling at all I would say the first thing that you need to do is get before the Lord and align your heart with his and fix your, you know, maybe, maybe your perception of a, of a direction or calling is, um, needs refined. Um, a lot of times, you know, we maybe think like, we'll look at other people's direction or other people's calling or their purpose or whatever. And it doesn't, ours doesn't seem to be measuring up. So we like dis, you know, regard what we feel or we disregard our natural calling because it doesn't look like everybody else's. So I would say kind of go back to your first love, go back to, um, things that you're passionate about and ask yourself, like, what is my purpose here in this area? I think like, um, Something that I've talked about actually is like there's a difference between your purpose and your function. Um, like our purpose is to share Jesus. Our purpose is to love others and to love like Jesus and to be like Jesus and to, uh, you know, share the gospel, share the good news. And then our function really is just how we do that. So I think you are more like, what's my function? Like, what is my function on this earth? Is it is it to work in an office? Is it to be an admissions field? Is it to, you know, be a mom? Is it, you know, there's so many different things that it could be. And I think that's kind of where you're at right now. It's just, it's just, what is my function? And I would say the first thing that you need to start doing is operating in your purpose, which is being a child of God, being a daughter of the King. Um, so first know your purpose, know your identity, and then get before the Lord and, 
and then I, and then he will be able to reveal to you your function. And so I think like asking yourself, like, have I really taken the time to ask the Lord what my function is or what my quote unquote calling is or what my direction is? Um, because normally, you know, hmm, it's very interesting. I'd love to sit down and talk with you because... I feel like at some point there had to, there, you know, kind of something that we're like, okay, maybe, maybe like I am a little bit passionate about that. But I would say that like just the first thing that you need to do is start operating in your purpose, get before the Lord, realign your heart and ask the Lord to show you what direction he wants you to go in. I think sometimes we don't always know our direction. We're all just kind of running around, like hoping to like, you know, make something happen along the way. So you're probably not as lost as you think that you are. Um, you be measuring yourself by the standard of what other people are doing. So try not to do that. Try not to get, you know, down on yourself or feeling bad or weird that you don't know kind of what's going on in your life. I've really learned that really nobody does. Um, everyone's just making stuff up as we go. Um, so I would start, start with your purpose and then ask the father, um, what your function is after that. And then take off in that direction. Um, start setting some goals, start, start, um, you know, setting, start putting together some tasks or, you know, whatever it is that you feel like you need in order to get to, uh, get to reaching a goal or wherever it is that you want to be after you've spent time with him for him to kind of reveal this to you. But, um, yeah, I would say another thing is like get involved in a community of other believers in any way that you can and start being poured into and start pouring into others. Um, because I feel like that is kind of where we start finding things that we're passionate about. The more that we interact with other people, um, they start to pull out our other passions or we hear stories or we hear testimonies or we hear experiences that we're like, oh my gosh, I would love to do that. Or I want to do that. Or, uh, you know, I want to help in this way or I want to serve in this way. So try to, you know, step out of your comfort zone, go and do something different. Um, kind of like I was saying earlier, if you don't know yourself, like take the time to get to know yourself, like learn your hobbies, learn what you're passionate about, start writing, start journaling, start getting raw and real with yourself and asking yourself, what do I want to use my time on? Like, how do I want to use my time on the earth? Like, what, what am I good at? What are my natural abilities? Like, what are my giftings? Like, what can I really hone in on and emphasize and emphasize on? And I feel like that is a lot of times because the Lord doesn't coincidentally just accidentally give us giftings. Like, you know, he gifts us with specific things that are um, tailored to our personality type and the people that we're around and what we're able to do with it. And so I think that you need to ask yourself, what are my giftings? What am I naturally good at? Start talking to people around you. Ask them, like, ask them questions about yourself. I've done this with my friends so many times. Like, they're so used to getting these messages now that they don't even think twice about it. At the beginning, they were like, huh? Like, but now they're just like, okay, yeah, whatever. And they answer the question. Like questions that I ask them, like, what are three words? Like, whatever you think of me, what are the first three words that pop into your head? Um, or if, you know, you had to describe me to someone who didn't know me, how would you describe me? Um, if you could, what is my natural, you know, what is my natural, most natural ability? Uh, if you want to feel a certain type of, or like, if you knew you were coming to hang out with me and like wanted to feel a certain type of way or I don't know I had a whole bunch of there's a whole bunch of questions but it was about essentially just like how I make them feel um I also had them do like a color like what color whenever they think of me what color do they think of um and then there's like charts and stuff that you can kind of like check things out on but just the people who know you best and who are closest to you 
start asking them those questions. Um, and it might help you get to know yourself a little bit better. Take self, uh, those like self, uh, oh, what are they called? Not awareness, but like, um, those tests, you know, if you wanted to start there or do that and find things that, that, you know, make you excited or whatever, it's, I think that those are always good places to start. Like the Enneagram, oh my gosh, was so amazing for me. Uh, I really love, it was something that I actually was super annoyed at at first. I was like, oh my gosh, the Enneagram, no one will shut up about this. And then my friend made me take it. And even then I was like, okay, whatever, I'm a three, I don't care. And then the more that I kind of looked into it, it really helps so much with me being able to become healthier in who I am because uh, there's a lot of things that like it helped kind of bring to the surface that I didn't realize I was doing or operating in. So I think that that was really helpful. But that is kind of, I guess, all the advice that I would have to give on that. I think just um, getting to know yourself, getting to know uh, who you are in the Lord, spending more time with the Lord, uh, making sure that you're hearing from him and hearing correctly, and then just start moving forward and let him correct you as you go. Don't be afraid to step out and take that first step. Um, Even if it is the wrong one, quote unquote, he will still work it together for his good. So um, don't be afraid to make mistakes because he's a loving father and he will correct you along the way lovingly and he will get you back on path. So go ahead, start walking in your purpose and you will gain more direction as you move. So uh, this has been a little bit of a long episode and I'm sorry about that, but I hope that you guys enjoyed it. I hope you heard your question or at least something similar. Um, Some of them I tried to kind of combine a little bit uh, because some of them were quite similar similar. So anyway, and if you didn't have any questions, I hope that this episode spoke to you a little bit and you were able to relate in some sort of way. Um, but I have to go. My voice is bottoming out like it always does. Why does it do that? I can never make it through. Um, but I love you guys so much. I hope you have a good Thursday. Happy Thanksgiving. Um, best day ever. Anyways. Okay. Enjoy your turkey and your socially distanced gatherings. Love you guys so much. I will see you next time. Bye.